Boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to another episode of Prime Time Titans. We, the fellas and I, we uh, we recapped the Colts game. Huge divisional rival win over the Colts. Got to give congratulations to the Titans, who I think just wrapped up the AFC South in week three. Bold predictions, but that's what we're about here at the Prime Time Titans. So sit back and enjoy uh, our recap of such a fun awesome win for the boys in two-tone blue and with that please welcome in Lil Wayne hello I'm Johnny Cash I hear the train a coming it's rolling around a bend and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom prison and time keeps dragging on. All right, here we go. Victory Tuesday. We talked about it last week. It's always great when you win. Uh, the whole week is, is awesome. I don't think we're going to be thinking about this one as long as we thought about the Seahawks game. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a fine Tuesday morning. I'm John. I'm Pettit. Robert. And uh, we're here to bring you the Colts recap. Um, the Titans win. 25-16, yes, they did cover. Um, Robert and I were kind of, we had pretty good predictions, I will say. Robert uh, beat me out on the net points um, there. So, uh, yeah, so we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about a lot of different things. It wasn't wasn't the prettiest of wins, um, but I think Vrabel said it. He had like a locker room talk. Afterwards, said it you know wasn't the prettiest, but it didn't have to be beautiful, and uh, I would say that's a good way to to sum it up. But um, I want to before we kind of get into the preview, I want to talk about the sort of the history of the Oilers and Titans leading into the game because I know throughout the week we were seeing the Titans social media change up their logo on Twitter, uh, you know their bio and. And do everything with the um, just kind of honoring the Oilers, and I think that was pretty cool to to kind of establish and say right away, like, hey, the Titans' history is the Oilers. That's not the Texans. That's ours. Um, so there's some there's some social media squabbling, if you will, that goes on from time to time in the Twitterverse, and it's not from the Titans. It's well, the, we the, defend our. Our beloved yeah. owner and her family, who started the Oilers, one of the six original teams in the American Football League before it merged with the NFL, the National Football League. Bud Adams is Amy Adams Strunk's father, and he started the Oilers. And so the Oilers are part of the Titans. The Titans are part of the Oilers. The Oilers, as some many of you know, moved to Nashville in 1998. Or I'm sorry, they moved to Tennessee in 1998, they played a season in Memphis. Then they played two seasons at Vanderbilt. And um, then they moved into Adelphia Coliseum here in Nashville. But Amy Adams, uh, she does a great job of trying to connect the two eras of the organization. And a lot of you were asking why this was Oilers Week. And I think part of the reason is we're going to unveil our throwback Oilers jerseys again at I, some point this year. Sure hope so. Sure hope so. The NFL, 
the NFL had had this weird rule where you can only have one helmet, and they just expanded the rule to let you have two, which lets a lot of teams now wear some throwback unis. So we are expecting to see that Oilers throwback uni at some point this year, and I think Amy Adams Strunk just did a little bit of a little bit of finessing over on the Texans, and I hope she she chooses to wear that uni when we play the Texans at home. Oh. That would be a slap in their face, but uh, they deserve it because I mean, they're the Texans. Derek Henry, Julio, AJ, and Ryan Tannehill in the Oilers jersey. Game over. Olai Daney in an Oilers jersey. <laughs> Morgan <laughs> Cox. JG's Morgan Cox in the Oilers jersey. <laughs> One of my new favorite Titans, Olai Daney. And uh, it's funny because when we signed him and had that free agent episode or free agent podcast episode, we literally talked about him just being like a special teams guy, and he has made a role for himself. But, yeah, so the the Oilers thing, we just wanted to talk about that real quick and, and bring that up. It was really cool to see, though, a lot of the Oilers players, you know, they were at practice. They had interviews and stuff with the media, and uh, it was cool hearing them, you know, backing the idea that the Oilers are the Titans. Like, you know, so I actually got a picture. Texans, I actually got a picture in the parking lot with Robert Brazil in his gold jacket and he had a bunch of jewelry on and uh i was with i brought one of my buddies from mercer to the titans game and he kind of got the call i called him last minute um i was gonna go with my cousin but he he had a big night in dallas the night before missed his flight sunday morning so (laughs) called in the backups called looked at the bullpen gave the old arm tap and uh all my buddy had to wear was a Steelers shirt he's a big Steelers fan and Robert Love. Brazil cussed out my buddy for wearing a Steelers shirt oh. and told us not to let him in the stadium. Rightfully so. <laughs> Sounds like a good man. <laughs> also, Westbrook Aquina. Aquina? Yeah. He, when he scored his touchdown, did the celebration honoring is it Johnny White Shoes or something yeah. like that. That that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and little, they showed, the, I saw a video, yeah, the, the Titans Twitter. Yeah, I think it's Billy Billy Johnson, Billy White Shoes. Billy White Shoes. I think they put out a, they put out a, Titans put out a video yesterday of a side by side of them doing the celebration. It was pretty awesome. So most disappointing thing about the football game was Kevin Byard only being able to name nine Tennessee cities. They did like one of those games oh, with oh, a the fan, fan, and you have the player. You have like thirty seconds to name as many Tennessee cities as you can. And Kevin Byard was the default. You had to beat Kevin Byard. You think you could name more than nine? Absolutely. I think I could name like, yeah, like 20 or 25 in 30 seconds. I bet All right, I we'll have a... Uh, we'll but have, Kevin Bard, he, we'll he got stuck on Green Hills. He was like, is Green Hills a city? Is it? Yeah. No. And then he was done. Oh, and dang. I was disappointed. <laughs> That's true. He's been in Tennessee for a long time. Yeah, born and raised, man. I mean, yeah, let's... He, he starts at five right off the bat. You know what I mean? You start with Murfreesboro... Okay. Yeah, well, we don't no, have no, to go. We don't <laughs> need to go yeah, through. Murfreesboro <laughs> National. But yeah, actually, so let's get into our, you know, uh thoughts on the game, the each given our, you know, one to two minute thought on the game. We'll start with Robert because you were at the game. Yeah. And and we want to know like how was the atmosphere? Great atmosphere, loud stadium for sure. And um I think the Colts are really bad right now. At least their offense. They Carson Wentz could not move. It was very evident out there. He was hobbling around. I think they might have had a better 
opportunity to win the football game with with Jacob Eason or Brett Hundley. And I don't know why they didn't give the ball to Jonathan Taylor more because every time he got the ball, it seemed like he was getting five yards. They only gave it to him ten times, and they just have this obsession with Naeem Hines, who does ball out when he plays us. It's like he is on the bench for every other game, but when he plays the Titans, he they, he always gets a touchdown. If you have him in fantasy, you just circle those two Titans games, and you know he's an automatic start because <laughs> you're gonna he's gonna play well. Um, but it was a it was a next man up mentality for the Titans. A lot of injuries, and hopefully not too many serious injuries. It's a great win. Obviously, you love beating the Colts. It felt like we were in control the whole game. It felt like Derrick Henry, it was just one of his games, grinded out. No big runs by Derrick Henry, but another 100-yard game against the Colts. He's one. Of, he's The Colts have let five 100-yard rushers in the last, I think, three seasons, or maybe four seasons, and Derrick Henry's four of them. <laughs> so <laughs> he owns the Colts right now, and it's great to see. Bet it? Yeah, I think if you guys remember uh, early – off season, Robert said that basically you're going to have three great games that you play out of your mind and like three games you play very poorly. I think the Titans kind of had a, a poor performance. If that's one of their three poor performances and you still dominate the Colts. Sign me up. Sign, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> I think uh, the turnover issue was definitely concerning. I saw, so we lost the turnover ratio or differential by three. And I saw, it was like teams that have a negative three turnover differential are like 15, 109, and like two. <laughs> and basically, it's it's pretty great to know that like we can do that and still scrap out a win and still be the dominant team and all that. Um, I I do think the defense played very well. They got put in some bad positions. I think without the turnovers, I don't think the Colts score more than 10. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know about if you think. And, and we score more than 25. Yeah. I mean, I think we're – much better team than the Colts. Yeah. Uh, my overall thoughts, I would say, I think I, t- I told you all this, but I feel like I never was really worried that we were going to lose the game because because I felt like we controlled the whole game, even with the turnovers. There might have been maybe the closest thing to like a concern was when we were driving. We had that one drive that we got bailed out by the punt they roughed Brett Kern. We got the ball, and we were taking it down. I think it was when Westbrook Akina fumbled. Uh, was when we threw to him, and he fumbled, and they got it. And, like on and the five-yard line or something like that? Or it might have been the Chester Rogers interception. But anyways, like that might have been the only point where I, you know, my concern-o-meter went up a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I felt like the whole game we, we controlled it, and it was one of those things where I felt like – with the way that the Colts were depleted, it wasn't like we weren't able to capitalize on those, you know, mistakes or just tough personnel issues that the Colts had. Like we, we were putting pressure on Carson Wentz. We were, we did let him throw some check down throws and and give him some easy throws. But at the end of the day, like we were doing that because we weren't going to give up anything big. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if, if this game – I'm not really ready to uh, put ourselves on the high horse, you know, because I don't know if this game was the Colts, just like Robert said, just being that bad, or the Titans. I mean, and I, I think it's like a combination of both, where 
the Colts were that, you know, they're, they're that bad right now. And we can have a game like that and we can afford a game like that against that team. But also showed a lot of resilience on the Titans by the whole next man up mentality. And, you know, I mean, we had, there was a time, the last drive of the game, we had Racing Math, Westbrook Aquina, Chester Rogers, and Jeremy McNichols on the field. And we, we scored still, a touchdown. We scored a touchdown. And so, yeah, I thought that third and goal, like when we scored that to McNichols, there was the game right there. So, yeah, I, I mean, as much as it kind of looked like the Colts were injured, it kind of seemed like the Titans were like, well, we were either banged up or just benching players. So it's like we won that game, like you said, with those wide receivers in the game. No Julio, no AJ, no Ferk. I mean, Derrick Henry didn't play in a couple important snaps at the end. Mm-hmm. The defense had some injuries. Bud Dupree was out. Jan Brown still barely played. Um Amani Hooker still. I mean, there's we have yeah. injuries too. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, we do. And, and so, let's, I mean, let's let's actually get into that. You know, the the injuries. That's that's something to talk about with this game. Um, both sides. Colts lost. You know, they lost Quentin Nelson at one point. He's probably he high ankle sprain. Probably going to be out four to six weeks. Um, you know, that is very unfortunate for them. That I think they lost Rocky Sin, their corner that game. Um, their first round pick, Quiddy Pay. He's a D end. They lost him for you know from a hand, hamstring, mm-hmm. and like they were getting beat up. But at the same time, you know you you're hearing Colts fans complain and oh well, we're hurt. Y'all were obviously going to be blah, blah blah. We were hurt too. I mean we we've lost we basically lost Rashad Weaver. I think to the year like he Paul Karski reported that he broke his fibula. He so, could come back. Yeah, he could. Okay. Broke, Six to twelve down, weeks yeah. is the estimated time frame, which is a big okay. range. So if I he has a quick that. recovery, maybe it's a clean break. He could be back by the playoffs. And I mean that to me, that means Derek Roberson needs to get healthy and uh, potentially even sign another end. Um, and then you know AJ Brown, Julio is getting a little tight. We kind of you know load management, um, and we'll get into that later. But I don't. There were there were some serious and I felt like every other play you would see a Titan or a Colt down and it it, it had to have gotten to a point where Vrabel was just sitting on the sidelines like get us out of this game we like this is such a weird day we need to get out of this game yeah and I mean maybe the Colts had their injuries too but it kind of seems like a lot of ours are a little bit more minor like kind of yeah. like give us a week or two some of the guys should be pretty healthy mm-hmm. and we should be able to. Have a fairly restful week this upcoming week. Hopefully. Hopefully. And I, I think with our with the Jets and the Jags on the schedule and with the Colts being 0-3, I think the biggest takeaway for the game for me is that we just won the AFC South. Wow. Yeah. Big time. I think I think it would take a Herculean effort by the Colts to come back and take overtake us. I mean, we got we're gonna go five and one. We're gonna be four we're gonna be four and one by the time we play the Bills on Monday we Night Football. Be. We should be. Exactly. And the Colts have the Dolphins next, and the Dolphins can be easily beat them. Yeah. So, the, I mean, I, I, I don't think the Jags or the Texans are going to win more than two or three games, and it doesn't look like, like the Colts have really much at all to compete with us. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, we. It is a good thing that with those injuries that we've had, like you said, Pettick, sort of not as serious, we can – we can afford to potentially – I mean, Robert, you actually called it. You said, like – you. we were talking about Taylor Lewan, um, which he was back out there. He was playing. 
He played he, great. He played, he played well. He played well. Um, he didn't. He wasn't playing Chandler Jones, but no, he played true. well. Um, but yeah, so that's something to to think about moving on, like in the next couple weeks, real quick. Robert, you have at the Jets next week on your schedule. Thank goodness. And then Pettit, you have at the Jags the next week. So we'll also see, uh, got we'll that see dub against the Colts. So I'm you did get up. the dub against the Colts. Um, so Robert's sitting zero and one, looking to be one and one after next week. Um, but let's keep going about the Titans, uh, the the game, and talking about some things. Let's bring up okay, two absolute studs in the making who I think are going to be Titans for the next should be for the next like at least five years. David Long and Christian Fulton. Yep. I mean, uh, Christian Robert. Fulton is turning into a lockdown corner. And it is so exciting that the Titans finally have a guy who you think, all right, stick that guy in their best receiver, and I, I like our chances. Like, and it's only been three games. He's still a second-year player. He got dinged up a little bit at the end there. We'll see how he – Kind of like multiple times throughout the game. Yeah. I, honestly, I wouldn't hate it at all if we rested like A.J., Bud, Dupree, and Christian. If they're even a little bit hurt, go rest them against the Jets. Like we've got, I don't want to get that. I don't want to get too out of control. There. But we've got talent. Clearly, we've got good players at other positions. Like Breon Borders went in there and played pretty well. And we're gonna need yeah, Christian Fulton play. against the Chiefs big time. We're gonna need Christian Fulton the Bills. against the Bills. We're gonna need him against the 49ers. We're gonna need him against the Rams. I mean, we've got a lot of huge games coming up. It's gonna be a really tough schedule. So these two weeks, we got to come out of these two weeks relatively healthy. And we should be able to beat the Jets and the Jags without our, our stud players. Anyway, back to Christian Fulton. He has had he's he's had a really, really impressive first three weeks of the season. And this kind of thing gives me hope with Caleb Farley, right? Caleb Farley has been dinged up. He hasn't had he any has impact. Shoulder right now. Similar to Christian Fulton last year. And, you know, maybe maybe Caleb Farley comes out when he's ready and he has some of these same games as Christian Fulton yeah yeah so I think Christian Fulton so far has been targeted 17 times this season and has allowed four catches for a total of 20 yards well and that's excluding the Freddie Wayne or Freddie Swain touchdown. yeah it seemed like PFF was crediting the Freddie Swain touchdown to, yeah, to Christian, Christian Fulton. Fulton which I you know who, who really knows yeah. I don't think anybody really knows and so, and then David Long as well I mean he's he's got it, the, it was funny there was a funny uh quote that Vrabel had someone asked him about like so as David Long showed that he you know should be a starter every week and Vrabel just goes well he's been starting the past couple games so what does that what does that say yeah probably <laughs> so. David Long's instincts and just willingness to just say frick it I'm going for this guy he had a couple I think it was a screen pass or maybe it was just like an out route for like a receiver and like the dude turned and David Long was just immediately he's just right there and there was flying a, around. And there was a cornerback right next to him that could have done the same thing, but David Long was like, I'm just going head first on this guy. I mean, like he did have like, a few illegal contacts, I noticed, throughout the game, but I mean Yeah, they were a little iffy. They were a little iffy. I mean, could have been a call, could that have not happens, been a call. It happens everywhere. Yeah, you can't get too angry about that. But I'm excited. I mean, so David Long beat out Rashawn Evans in snap count. And then Jayon Brown only played ten snaps. But well, you're the, still coming back from yeah. the hamstring. The idea of David Long and Jayon Brown as our linebackers, is a is a very, very fun thought. Yeah. Also, I want to say, too, about the linebackers, I thought that 
some of the times I felt that they weren't plugging the holes as well as they should have been. But overall, I really liked our linebacker play. I thought I, – I, I just want to give Rashawn Evans a little bit of credit here. Yeah, he had some great effort play. I saw a lot – that Naheem Hines – near touchdown mm-hmm. that was a bl- there was a blatant holding on Christian Fulton that he got a little hurt on that play and they just didn't call it I thought that was a little annoying but Naheem Hines kind of just scampered down the sidelines and Rashawn Evans was putting pressure on him, like eventually shoved him out of bounds if he's not making that play if he wasn't there Naheem Hines is probably taking it for a touchdown yeah um and so I just want to give a little credit to Rashawn Evans because he's he's someone that has definitely gotten some some criticism the last few years and someone who we feel like maybe the fans get a little frustrated with, but I feel like he deserves it. Yeah, he had some great effort plays on Sunday. I I just still feel like, you know, David Long's our best option there. Even Jayon, I'm not super impressed by Jayon this year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if both Jayon and Rashawn Evans aren't on the team. Not because they aren't good players, but I think other teams will give them more money than the Titans will. And I think we'll probably ride out with David Long and maybe and go promote Monty Rice to, a or maybe go get a free agent. Yeah, maybe go get a free agent linebacker you really like. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, okay. Then moving on to, I just want to say real quick too. Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor they were giving us fits. So, um, like I like you said, Robert. I don't know why Jonathan Taylor only had ten carries. He should have had twenty at least, probably. That's not our problem. Yeah, so. Frank Reich basically said, I'm going to run my offense no matter how good. And their receivers are bad. I mean, Michael Pittman's he's a decent receiver, but he's not a guy. You really don't want Michael Pittman getting 12 targets, and that's what Michael Pittman got on Sunday. Yeah, He is not that talented. And Frank Reich, with a hobbled Carson Wentz and a beat-up offensive line and one of the best running backs in the NFL, I mean, I'll give it to him. Jonathan Taylor is probably a top-10 running back in talent. He gives him the ball ten times. I mean, what kind of boneheaded offensive coordinator is going to pe- you know pepper? He's given Zach Pascal targets in the red zone over throwing to some of your best players. It's just you know I have this problem with the Titans often when we don't win, and it seems like we're trying to feed Chester Rogers when we have three of the best players at that position in the NFL. You know, I have this problem with the Titans sometimes. Yeah, I just think sometimes NFL coaches they think. Oh, I got to scheme it up. We got to hit the open guy. We got to we we got to make the right read. Sometimes it's just just about giving the best player on the team a chance to go make a play. That's all it yeah. is. You live and die. And if you don't get it at that point, you're okay with it. But if you don't give it, you don't get it. Like hitting Westbrook Akeen in the red zone, and he had and he fumbled it. Chester Rogers getting hit the ball hitting in, hitting his chest in the red zone interception. interception. Like I understand that's the right read and that's the right play. In crunch time, when it matters, when you're playing a good team, you don't want to live and die with that because that can happen because they're not elite players. Yeah. So, well, anyway. Whatever it is the Colts are doing, keep it up. Just keep going. <laughs> uh, you're 0-3. Keep giving the ball to Jonathan Taylor you're 10 times. You're 0-3. So, not for uh, my fantasy team. Don't do you. that. I'm yeah. not happy as a fantasy owner. But yeah. So um, that's actually talking about you know our playmakers. We're going to move into A.J. Brown and Julio. And talk a little bit about them because I think, Robert, that this type of game was kind of, you know, I wasn't getting frustrated about the lack of targets to them because one, AJ Brown went out after, you know, the first or second series. We kind of right. took a deep shot to him, uh, one play, and it looked like he kind of 
pulled up a little bit. I think he turns out he strained his hamstring. And uh, with something like that, we don't know. He's he, It says he's week to week. So I think with that scenario, it's kind of, you know, maybe the hamstring wasn't that awful. It was just that we felt we could win that game without him. So we sat him, shut him down for the game. Um, Julio Jones also kind of happened to him. I don't think he played a snap in the fourth quarter. Played a little, like maybe a few snaps in the third quarter. So um, we kind of, you know, shut him down for the game. And honestly, with that kind of game, I said it for like a second. I was like, why isn't Julio in the game? Thought about it more. Made sense. Load management. So I felt like that kind of game was was okay that we weren't trying to get them the ball. I mean, we saw Derrick Henry was doing whatever he wanted to, running over Darius Leonard, uh, rock'em, sock'em robots, like Mike Keith said. And, yeah, so it just was a it was a weird game. It was a really weird game. But are we concerned about AJ? Are we concerned about Julio? Do we think it's the right call to kind of, you know, rest him a little bit when we know we need him down the stretch? Yeah, he's got – 80 carries the first three weeks of the season. Last year he had 82 carries. I think we'll still lean on him. I do think over the next two games we should probably lean on him less. It'd be nice to have AJ and Julio 100% healthy. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. We'll see what that looks like. Hopefully he can just rip off a couple big runs and you know the defense gets a turnover, maybe a touchdown, and we kind of put the game away against the Jets. But it's yeah. NFL, so we may have to lean on him. So what about AJ and Julio? Oh, AJ and Julio. Yeah, I'd say I don't think you play AJ against the Jets at yeah. all. Just it. I, I agree. Um, I think these next two weeks could be fairly boring games. Honestly, I think we're not going to play a ton of our guys. I don't see guys like Bud Dupree and Julio. I think they might be pretty limited on snap count. I think they might be first half kind of players, and maybe. I mean, I think a lot of the backup guys are going to really be able to step up now. Yeah, in the next two weeks. I this was a prime Rashad Weaver breakout time, and it stinks that he broke his fit. Yeah, it's really so. Maybe we see some Caleb Farley. Maybe you see some Monty Rice. Yeah, I don't know. Is Dylan Raiden ready? Maybe Darrington Evans when he comes back. I'm yeah. not going to lie, fellas. I'm getting a little worried about this complacency that I'm hearing. I, I, what, it's not I, complacency. I know, it's, I know, not complacency. it's not complacency. It's the, just like the it's, Jets didn't score a point on the Broncos. Well, the Broncos have a really good defense, and I, Zach so Wilson Titans, has not baby. looked good. And we'll talk about the Jets in the Jets preview coming out on Friday. But I don't know. I just I feel like we. I just don't want in the NFL. You never know what happens. It's you're right. Crazy you're each right. week. I don't want to just like treat it like a preseason game. Well, and sit I'm not. All of our I'm not starters. saying we sit our starters. I'm saying the guys who. Are, banged are dinged up yeah. a little bit that you need to get healthy. Why would we go out and have A.J. Brown like potentially hurt his hamstring worse and now he's out for a month and no, he's yeah. going to miss the Chiefs I, game AJ Brown is a different and the story. Bills game? Like We should be able to beat the Jets with AJ, without A.J. Brown. We should, I mean, we should beat them without A.J. and Julio. Yeah, and I Derek. think Julio plays. <laughs> I, I don't think Julio was hurt. I think on that last drive, Vrabel knew we were going to pound Derrick Henry, run out the clock. We just needed a field goal to get back up by two scores and a couple of play action plays. Um, and it worked out. So I, you know, I don't hate the fact, I think if it was a probably later in the season, a playoff game, you probably see Julio play. You might even see AJ Brown fight through his hamstring. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, 
probably see Bud Dupree play as well. I'm just saying that I don't want to just go into this game and be like, we don't have to play anyone. We're gonna. Which I'm not. It, yeah, might, but that's that not what we're saying. The case, but I still just. It's a. It's a long. Know. It's a longer season. It's ever has been. And I mean, we're at, playing would you, for would January. You have this. Let me ask you a question. Would you have thought? Say we got a little banged up before the Bengals game at the Bengals. I think we played the Steelers the game before or something last year. Like, ah, let's just rest. You know, the Bengals are terrible. Right. Let's just rest. Well, I think the difference is we, we the difference from this year to last year is we don't have the AFC South virtually locked up. Yeah. Like, it, it is – the Titans, I would probably say, probably have the greatest percentage to make the playoffs at this point in time of any team in the NFL. Yeah. I also – I think that situation is a little different. I think the Bengals were a team that played a lot of close games – and they had uh, a very talented offense. Like, I mean, it's the same players they currently do, and they're doing very well. Um, the Jets don't. They don't have an offense. They look worse than the Bears yeah, offense Yeah, but it just times. takes like, one game for them to explode, you know? Yeah, but that, I think the point is, I think if it does become a concern that we might lose the game, we have guys that can go in yeah, and go, like, hey. Like Bud Dupree was emergency situation yeah. last yeah, same with, same with Julio. It's like if you guys, if this gets close, you guys can go into the game and it won't be close. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And I also trust, I know Tannehill's been a little spotty this season so far. He's taken a small step backwards since last year. Yeah, let's get into that. I still That's think perfect. he is an extremely talented quarterback. And I think without AJ and Julio, he can beat most the team, half the teams in the NFL. So before, let me. We're going we're gonna to transition to that before Marcus Johnson was on short term IR. He could maybe be back. That would be nice and for Josh him to get Reynolds in there and get back. ten catches. And Robert owes me ten dollars <laughs> in one game. Well, but yeah. So for Marcus gonna, Johnson to get ten catches, all right, we're gonna see. We're gonna have to see our boy Ryan Tannehill start playing better. And let's we're gonna we're gonna talk about Ryan Tannehill, and then we're gonna have a little uh, short, quick thing at the end, and we're gonna wrap this up. Ryan Tannehill, I will say, I don't know who he is right now. Three weeks into the year, who is he? The person I fought for in that debate—that's not this isn't him. This is not Ryan Tannehill. I that pick against that first pick that he threw to Darius Leonard. What I, that had to Vrabel called it Dolphins. throwing. He was throwing the ball into a pep rally. <laughs> <laughs> Jackpot, dead or alive. It was yeah. It was hard to watch at some points yesterday. He and it's 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 hard to watch because I think we all know what he's capable of. Um, our passing game just does not look like it has in the past, and I don't think that's just because of Julio. I think I don't know Todd Downing maybe has something to do with it. Ryan Tannehill I think has something to do with it. I think he isn't making great decisions. I know I will I mean I've been on my soapbox on this for two weeks in a row now. Um, but that interception that he threw into a pep rally, Julio Jones was wide open two yards right before the first down marker on a little slant route. Yeah, and I, I didn't really notice that on TV. You, that would like you yeah. definitely would have noticed. That I went either. back I, w- I went back and watched it uh, watched the first half last yesterday and he j- I just I feel like there is he's still trying to be like a good system quarterback and i just you ha- sometimes man 
you got to throw the ball to your freaking and playmakers. I, I know I keep saying this over and over and over, but you just have to do it sometimes. Let's, let's be clear, too. We're not saying that Tannehill is not good. No. Man, we're not saying that Tan- – like, Tannehill put the team on his back on Sunday with his legs. That's true. With a lot of his, his – um, he did make up for some of the mistakes he was making. Yeah. So he definitely, like – we're giving Tannehill the credit, but we're also right now – we need we, more we from him. More. We, ex- we, need we need more from, from him, him if we want to be an elite team. Yeah, I I am with you, Petty. Um, you're probably the the biggest Tannehill believer in, of the three of us. Yeah. What is your? What I'm, is your I'm not state? even remotely sounding the alarms on him. I think he. I don't think he's played that differently as he did last year. I think it, it has been noticeable on some things, but I think overall, some of his turnovers have been pretty unlucky. And I think some of them, like some of the sacks, like the fumble strip sacks that he's had, I think some of those he even had last year, but somehow held on to the ball. Like, you know what I mean? He, yeah. Those are not new There's sacks three that he's those. had where he's gotten hit in the back. And then the fumbling is the part that's a little bit new. But um, I just think the interceptions are also, some of them are the wide receivers, some of them are him. He still has probably the most underrated deep ball in the NFL. He has a great deep ball, yes. And which is. Amazing. It it's once. still amazing to think about that compared to Mariota's. But uh, <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not sounding the alarms. I think he's. But still do you think he looks very well? How do you think he looks the first three weeks of the season compared, compared to, to the last two years? I think it's a it's a step back for sure. Yeah. But I do think he's going to find it. I'm not concerned on him not finding it. I think by even next week and the week after that, I think he can win a game without AJ and Julio. I think he's that quarterback. Can he win? Okay, he can beat the Jets and Jags without AJ and Julio, but could he beat the Raiders? I'm not. I mean, the Raiders. We don't have them on yeah, our schedule. So <laughs> they're looking pretty good. He but can, that's what can, I mean. Like, he could can he beat, beat a really Steelers. good team? He can beat the Steelers without AJ and Julio. Also, Big Ben looks terrible. I think we should beat the Steelers, and I'm glad I picked that as one of my games. I think there's a lot of teams he can beat without AJ and Julio. But yeah. I mean, with that said, he might need Derek. I mean, he needs. I think with. Out Derek, AJ, and Julio, he can beat the Jags and the Jets. But I want to see him be that Ryan Tannehill that we saw at times over the last two years with AJ and with Julio. That's what I want to see. Yeah, okay. That's why I get so frustrated when we throw the ball to Chester Rogers just as much as Julio Jones. I just and, it, and it, for it whatever is reason we have infuriating the first it, three weeks. We haven't. And you see Julio on the fourth down. He finally he waits, lets Julio go across. Formate, or he he does a crossing route and then he hits Julio. Yeah. Great, and we get the first down by 10, 15 yards. Yeah. Great job. Um, I I need more of that where Todd Downing is designing. Maybe you design Julio and AJ on the same side of the field, and you do a little concept where you're putting the, some strain on the corner, and Tannehill picks the best or the most open guy of those two. But I but stop giving him the option on third and seven to slam it into Chester Rogers. And it's good because sometimes it's going to hit his Ch- Chester Rogers was cut by, by the Colts. Now that was probably a bad move considering how bad the receivers are. But at some point in time, another NFL team decided that Chester Rogers wasn't good enough to be on their team. Yeah. And so he's not going to be a better option than Julio or AJ. And I, I keep coming back to this, but some of that's on Tannehill. Some of that is Todd Downing is designing a passing play, and Tannehill is reading the defense and choosing to throw the ball 
to guys not named Julio and A.J. Brown. Yeah. And when it matters... He didn't want to say Chester Rogers again. <laughs> when, it, when it matters, like, he's got... He's going to have to kind of get out of those bad habits, yeah. all right? Because I would rather live and die... I would rather die with Julio and A.J. making mistake. If they're going to drop the ball like A.J. did against the Seahawks, all right, I can live with that. But I can't live with the ball bouncing off Chester Rogers' chest. I'm sorry, Chester I'm Rogers. Gonna, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus. You had a good game. You scored a touchdown. I'm happy you're on the team. But I think you and I would both agree you're not Julio Jones. And please get two uh, punter kick returns this year. I think that his play and his decision making hasn't been that different from last year. I think. But we have instead, Julio. Inst- with that. But we have Julio of this Chester year. Rogers last but, year. He was throwing to Ferk. Yeah. He was throwing to Johnu. I just. But I that's don't the think point. that has changed very much. So but, what I'm saying is, what we really need to look at, and what he's still been fantastic in, is the red zone. He's still scoring touchdowns no, we, every we time he's in there. Four, we kicked how many field goals against the Seahawks in the red zone? But we couldn't score. Okay, but those are like the Seahawks game was like it. the offense was finding their groove. I thought we the, were wrapping this up. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. You're good. Okay. Uh, I just think he is a very sound quarterback. and No, he is, but that's his problem. Is I need like You can't be the same guy as last year because we now have two of the greatest receivers in the NFL. So now you chain, you don't throw the ball to Ferkser or Janu or Chester well, I think or Jeremy Nichols. I like, wouldn't say that you can't be the Tannehill from last year because he was finding Corey Davis. Like Corey Davis was our Julio That's last true. Year. We threw the ball so, to Corey Davis like, more than we, Julio. I think we could, we could take the Tannehill from last year you said he 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 isn't he's not making or he's he's still making the same decisions and all that stuff as last year. I that's that's what I disagree with. I think that he looks he looks a little like I don't there are times in the pocket he's like not yeah, he's being not as sure. sure as he as yeah. I felt like he was last year. Agreed. So that's what I'm kinda that's what I'm that's what's kinda concerning me about it. Not necessarily concerning. That's not the right word, but that's what I'm like that's no, I, I why guess, I'm bringing it up. Yeah, I, I'll I'll agree to that. Um, there has been a couple plays where you're like, what What's taking you so long? Yeah, it's you know not I mean? consistent that he's yeah. doing that. Yes, like he still is, like beaming the ball in there every now and then. Yeah, but some I, plays um, he isn't. I just don't think it's worthy of sounding the alarms. I think we won't find out. I don't think we'll have an answer to this argument until the Bills and the Chiefs game. Yeah. Well, if he comes out and he throws for four touchdowns against the Jets and the Jags, I'll be happy. Well, yeah. I, I won't be, be thrilled. Well, and, and, <laughs> I mean, I mean and honestly, maybe that's what we should focus on in both of those games. Like, we know Derrick Henry's going to be Derrick Henry. Maybe give Derrick Henry 15 carries, but do a lot of play action and try and get Tannehill going in these easier games. So, when you get the Bills, you get the Chiefs, you get these other hard teams on your schedule, we now have more confidence. He feels like he's back to his old self. He gets some chemistry with Julio. Yeah. Maybe we get AJ back. I mean, I could see these two games being kind of a launching point for him to get right as we go through the rest of the season. Yeah, and just to keep in mind, short-term IR is three games. If you're on IR for short-term, you have to be out three games. Three games are up now. Are we going to see Darrington Evans? Are we going to see Marcus Johnson? Are we going to see Sam Thicken? Amani Hooker? Are we going to see Amani Hooker? Well, he was put on short-term IR after the first game, so that's he's got one more game. But – just keep those in mind. We're going to do a quick thing, real, like super quick. Concern level, 1 to 10. 10 being concerned, 1 being not concerned. Concern level on Tannehill. Give me a, give me a, a level. Two and a half. I'm going to say five. If we lose that Seahawks game, it would have been a seven. I'm going to say 
like four and a half. I think the level of concern would be a lot lower if you looked at Ten Hill's numbers without the drops that have happened this season. That's, so far. that's, that's true, true too. That's true. Um, concern level: AJ Brown's injury and status the rest of the year. Five and a half. Four. Five. Uh, concern level are outside linebackers being depleted and end up like losing the depth and we don't end up keeping up this pressure? Uh, one. I think I think Harold Landry is taking a step. I think Ola is a beast. And um, I think Bud Dupree is actually a little bit more healthier than we think. Yeah. Three. I'm not Three. too concerned. I would say, yeah, I'm like two and a half. Just a thought I had. One last one. Concern level on, let's say, concern level on the secondary the rest of the way. Because I, I know it's, it's kind of, I'm bringing this up out of kind, of kind of like nowhere, but concern level on the secondary and that the teams we have been facing, like we got away with it against the Seahawks and maybe we're, I don't know, because I mean, the Cardinals exposed us. Yeah, I'd I'd still put it at a five or six. I think it's probably a, definitely a weakness. Some teams are going to expose us on. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say five. I also think if we get a few, if we get an injury, it's going to be yeah not not a lot of depth against a high powered offense. I would say like five and a half or six, and it wouldn't it would be higher if Christian Fulton wasn't playing as well. I think a fully healthy secondary. I think not too concerned. But yeah. with the well, and I want and I want to see concerned. Caleb Farley. Yeah, I do too. Okay, let's concern level on our draft on our rookie draft class. I'm contributing not, this. I'm year. not sounding any alarms. I'm going to keep it at a two because of I've got faith in their ability to develop these guys. Yeah, probably three. I I was a little concerned on the lack of play from Elijah Moulton last week. Yeah, that's. I don't Chris know. Jackson has kind of taken the over. Which isn't necessarily, uh, I'm not sounding the alarms on, just a little little concerned on In it. the two-minute drill, he went and played Naeem Hines man-to-man and did a really good job on him. Oh, I didn't notice that. I'm going to say a uh, – did I already answer? No, no, no. Draft class, I was thinking secondary. Um, draft class, for the current year, like maybe like six. But for overall, like how they are going to be with the Titans, not as high. One more – level of concern question okay. that I have. How concerned are you that we're going to cut Randy Bullock and Sam Ficken is going to come in and be another tight, classic, bad Titans kicker? Or the other way around that we stick with Randy Bullock and Ficken would have been the better option. Either one. I'm concerned. Let's say I'm at a nine because of how the Titans <laughs> kicker situation has been That's right. forever. I'm concerned <laughs> about, both, about both decisions could be catastrophic. I'm kind of at a four. I, I think both of them surprisingly have been good i don't know i don't know i could be totally wrong on that the the ever optimist of of the two of the three of us well uh thanks for playing uh concerned or not concerned concerned or not concerned maybe that would have been the better (laughs) instead of a concerned level just concerned or not concerned um but yeah so there's our colts recap uh felt like we talked a lot about just the titans moving forward than the actual game just because it was such a weird game and we felt like we controlled yeah. it. Yeah, for, so, for a rival, division rivalry game, it was kind of a not much to talk about. Yeah. F you, Colts. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, we thank you all for listening in. 
and uh, be ready for our Jets preview on Friday. And have a primetime Titan day. I'm JG. I'm Pettit. I'm Robert. And we thank y'all.